Welcome everybody to Take 10. We're so glad that you're joined that you joined us today. This is episode number 6 and Lauren Lucky, welcome. Glad to be here. Again, we thank you for being our engineer and our host. And today I want to share with you six reasons I'm hopeful about the future of the church. I love it. Number one is the influence of the global church. Mm. Now, Lauren, you're getting ready to go with a team of people from Foner Church of the Dominican Republic. I've been a couple of times in 2018 and 2020, and I'm excited for you to go. And this is one of our partners that we're excited about, Hispaniola Mountain Ministries. And you guys will be over there and you'll get a fresh look uh, at the church. Praise God. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's not not just in our neighborhood, but over there, my youngest, Wesley, will be joining you. So keep an eye on him. You got it. You know about those preacher kids. But the influence of the global church gives me hope about the future of the church. And look, we see pastors in India that are getting beaten and they continue to preach. Mm -hmm. We're seeing believers in the Ukraine gather in the midst of war. It just gives me hope about the church. The second thing is the faith of the next generation. Yeah. College students, teenagers, young people, what we get to witness on the regular around here, these young families, Mm -hmm. babies being born almost weekly around here, little feet running down our halls, and we're in the middle of growing up. That's right. And so we want that to matter here. We're asking people to give financially and to serve in children's ministry to help us pass on the faith, to create environments here where we can do this thing top-notch and welcome people, not turn people away, but have room, space that's clean and safe and fun, and that discipleship occurs right here, and it's fun to see. And it gives me hope to think about the faith of the next generation. One of the things that's been a privilege for me as pastor here in the 12-year history of our church, as our story continues to unfold, I've gotten calls from pastors and leaders from around the country And there's a story where churches that are dying are deciding to give their facility over to another church. Mm. And you know, that's our story of Fondre Church. And we're so grateful of that. But I tell people, listen, God is pleased and the kingdom grows when that happens. That's right. But just just because one story, one church is is finished with its story and is closing its doors doesn't mean the church is or that there's not another church outside that needs space and needs to be a part. Thirdly, uh, going back to how it was originally organized. The church was not in its at the, at the beginning was not organized around bureaucracy or power or rules mm. or human control, but it was a work of the spirit mm-hmm. gifting the body, and so it was organized around humility and servanthood and joyful contribution. I love it, isn't it? That's and good. you know that's First Corinthians twelve that we looked at this past Sunday. We're going to look at it again as we get deeper into the spiritual gifts. But it's not one person. It's multiple people, mm-hmm. a diversity of people coming together and contributing joyfully in service to other people. And I see that happening. A lot of times when people say revival in our day, they're referencing extended worship services, sure. prayer times, overnight gatherings, which are great, not mm-hmm. being critical of that at all. But I see a revival happening in that we're empowering people to do the work of the ministry good, and getting back to the giftedness and all. And again, we're going to, in First Corinthians 12, we're going to get more into that. Number four, eternity in our hearts. Mm. This is, of course, a phrase pulled from Ephesians 3. It's one of my favorite phrases in all the Bible, but it's in the midst of some cynical literature, I guess mm. you could say. But we say it around here that life is greater than death, that salvation is greater than sin, uh, and that what you see is not all there is. Mm-hmm. And when we gather to worship, the church is, that's the church's gift to the world to remind us. And I think people are getting fatigued by what the world offers mm-hmm. or promises and doesn't produce. There you go. And so f- I think, uh, you know, there's more to this world than 
consumerism and materialism and secularism. Mm -hmm. And God has given us eternity in our hearts. And it's this stubborn curiosity that there's got to be more than just this life. And I have hope for the church because that's the gift we offer where we tap into that, that there's more to this world. I mean, we see that all the time. You, you have a, I think a wedding this weekend Mm -hmm. and a funeral this weekend. Yes. Um, like what a unique combination to see life played out just in a really real up close way. And both, and both of those give great for the minister. It gives great opportunity to minister to people Sure. at a, a time when they're really open, but mm-hmm. nothing like funerals. And when we sit there and we look at a casket and we say they're gone, but that can't be it. That's right. And that's that stubborn longing, that eternal longing that God has put in our hearts and the church is in that business, if you will, mm-hmm. again, tapping into people's, curiosity about the next life and there's there's more than this world offers and there's more to this world and so that's the beauty of the church number five there's a hunger for theology we've been discipled by the world barraged by the media news feeds message boards talk shows quote-unquote experts and it just we're just finding that it doesn't bring us joy Mm. and doesn't bring us life and people are saying i want to know more of god's truth and we, but we've talked about this just as we've walked through First Corinthians for several months now. People want to know what does the Bible say, right? And they get the sense that it's unique and that mm-hmm. it's weighty, and that it's real and it's able to withstand the pressures of this world because it's true. That's good. And I think people are hungering for that. And the, what the Bible teaches about God, about ourselves, about others, uh, is is true. I think people are drawn to it. There's this pull, this magnet to the, to the Word of God and to theology. Uh, take sin, for example. Mm-hmm. I think we know you know, who's messed up. Everybody is. Who's got problems? Everybody does. Ego problems, family problems, emotional problems, financial problems, pride problems, sin and moral problems. We're all messed up. And you know, who needs God? Everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that longing for the true theology of, of uh, answering these questions of our lives and meeting those needs. And I, it just gives me hope for the future of the church because people are wanting less and less of the trends and the fads Mm -hmm. and the light hearted um, contemporary motivational type teaching Mm. and wanting the the weighty truth of God's word. I see that hunger and it gives me hope for the future. That's good. And what good news that God would want to speak to us, Mm -hmm. not in a uh, fluffy way, but in a really direct and loving way. I love that on Sundays we get to, come to church and experience life, but hear from God. And mm-hmm. it's exactly what we need. Come on. Number six, I'm hopeful about the future of the church because what Jesus said about it, mm. and it's true. Remember he said, I will build my church. And he said that not in a sanctuary right. or synagogue or temple. When he told the disciples that it's found in Matthew 16, but they were like at this cave mm-hmm. and it was dark and it represented evil and kind of an underground um, darkness and sin and he could have easily taken the disciples high on a mountain or again in a temple or a tabernacle or sanctuary or synagogue but he was right there when he said it amidst the the forces of evil and hell and he said I will build my church and I love that I heard one Christian writer of our day say 
I don't have to build the church, but I do have to care for it. That's right. And sometimes I think you feel that way like I do. We, we need to care for the church. Mm-hmm. And in our roles, we need to care about what we do and what we facilitate and how we lead and shepherd people. But it's Jesus who's building the church. That's right. And that gives me hope. And it, what he said is true. The church is his idea. It's his legacy. It's his family. Somehow it's his presence on earth. Where else can people go to learn about the value of every single human life mm-hmm. made in God's image, the offer of forgiveness of sin, the promise of the resurrection, the demands of God's holy justice, the triumph of God's ultimate purpose. So 2,000 years ago, he built something that no one had ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And people today think about it, sacrifice time and money, money and energy. People give of themselves to it. People face persecution. Mm-hmm. And how does the church keep going? I think it keeps going because Jesus is building it. And often he's building it in secret, unseen places at the margins, through the poor in spirit, through those that mourn, through little groups of people who are selflessly praying, through a widow whose tiny offering is in reality, um, in the reality of God's eyes, the biggest offering of all. That's good. And it's it's people making those sacrifices, and we see it. I mean, it's just no one else could pull this off, mm. but Jesus can, and Jesus does, and that gives me great hope. So, praise God. Come on, let me recap. Six reasons. I'm hopeful about the future of the church. Number one, the influence of the global church. Number two, the faith of the next generation. Number three, going back to how it was originally organized. Number four, eternity in our hearts. Number five, the hunger people have for theology. And then number six, what Jesus said about it is true. He's Mm. the one who's building it. I love it. And he's building it because he's still alive today, by the way. like Yes. It's not like he started it and he left and gave it to us like... He's the one doing it. That's it. I hope that you're encouraged by these six reasons and can be a part of it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Take 10, Episode 6, Six Reasons I'm Hopeful About the Future of the Church. See you next week.